Introducing the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat with the Black Jewish Queen herself, your host, Dr. Denise Gotautis. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here today on the Caribbean Radio Show, the Black Jewish Queen live chat. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about God's presence. I thought it would make an awesome program today. Um, It fits the climate of what's going on in the world, and so... After this commercial and after our opening uh, program song, please stay tuned. We're going to get right into it. So welcome to the Caribbean Radio Show, the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat. I think we should sing this. Let's try this. Ooh. 
Shalom and hello. This is Dr. Denise Gautadis. I am a metaphysician and a licensed psychotherapist and a natural medicine doctor. I am also the host of the Black Jewish Queen live chat and also one of the hosts of the chat reel with Billy and Friends. If you are enjoying these programs, please support our cause to keep our programs on the air so that we can continue covering topics that matter to you. You can send your donations in any amount to paypal.me slash psychotherapy C-H-E-C-K-O-U That is paypal.me slash psychotherapy C-H-E-C-K-O-U We look forward to your support. Thank you so much for listening to our program. Yeah, man, the Bible says, Psalm number 27, the verse number 3. Jai is in control. Young kill on the feet. Do and host me and come against me. God is in control. I shall not fear. For God is in control. Deliverances coming Weeping me and you For a night Both in the morning Joy is coming Joy like a river Whom jobless No man can curse I will rise up I will rise up Help me say Whom jobless No
control. You are in control. Introducing the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat with the Black Jewish Queen herself, your host, Dr. Denise Gotautis. Welcome, everybody, to the Caribbean Radio Show, the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat. Today, we will be discussing God's presence. presence and everybody you know are constantly questioning is he here is he around do he care the living God he was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night with the children of Israel he even spoke to them through well he spoke to Moses through a burning bush So today's topic, I wanted to cover about the presence of God. I wanted to go, Hashem, I wanted to go into Tehillim and discuss some of the scriptures that are in it. Some of the scriptures, like for instance, the prayer that Moses prayed. And I know that many people nowadays are wondering, it's all of the things that's happening in the world. And everybody in Israel is in great anticipation of the coming of the Mashiach, which is the Messiah. I notice in Jerusalem, because there has been talk about the rebuilding of the third temple. And I wanted to 
um, just go into um, to Helium. To Helium is a book of Psalms. Um, and there were just things that screamed out to me in Psalms the way during Moses' time. And as a matter of fact, the Helium 90, um, Psalms 90, it, it goes in to what Moses was praying. I want to read just a bit of it. And it says, Before the Lord thou has been our um, dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth in the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Uh, thou turnest man to destruction, and saith, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight, or but as yesterday. When it is past and as a watch in the night, you carry them away as with a flood, and they are asleep in the morning. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up, in the evening it is cut down and withereth, for we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath. We are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in the wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if the reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts into wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. So satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we might rejoice and be glad in all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. Yet let thy work appear unto the servants, thy glory unto the children, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Is the work of our hands established. So this is Psalms 90. This was a prayer of Moses during the time when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and all kinds of things were happening. Um, and he was speaking of the power of the living God. And as we know, we know the story how uh, Hashem, he appeared to Moses in the beginning as a burning, bu- in a, as a burning bush. Okay, and he is a spirit. He don't depend on anything for existence. He exists. He's all-knowing, and he created everything. And so this is Moses. He is praying to him, praying to Hashem to help in their situation, which, as we know the story, he did. He helped the children of Israel. He gathered them together and helped. But with that help, during the time of that help, they were learning how to serve him, even though not everyone, not even Moses himself, entered into the promised land during that time in the wilderness, during the times of the trials, during the times of the tribulations, during the times of the growing, during the times of the handing down of the commandments, during all of these times. It was lessons in each individual 
thing that the children of Israel went through and some of the things, they were not pleasant. Now, the reason why I am mentioning some of this is because all of these things, and I've said it in previous programs, all of these stories, all of the challenges that the patriarchs faced, where does, where, where, how does that relate to us today? And that's, that's, that's how I want to just come with what I'm saying. I want you to apply it to the life that you live, the challenges that you face. It wasn't as, uh, probably wasn't as traumatic as Moses because they had to live outside. They had to live in tents. And the living God, he was present with them because he was a cloud by day and he was a fire by night. So nothing got past him. And, you know, they had to be on point. And if they were not on point to following and living in the law, if they didn't live those commandments after they were handed down, if they did not do what Moses had explained and taught them to do the way that Hashem wanted them to do it during that time, um, as you can see, some, if you've read the stories of Moses, you can see that some in disobedience, they did things that they weren't supposed to do. Even Aaron's son did things they were not supposed to do. They brought the Lord strange fire, and they were consumed. I mean, it was really, um, judgment was just instant. They could not um, do what you see, of course, people doing today. That's why some find it hard to put the story in relation to their lives. But what people don't realize is that Hashem, he's everywhere at all times. And we may not realize, we may not realize that this is the things that are going on around us. It could be the exact things when the children of Israel, they were disobedient in the camp. When he told them to do one thing, they were doing another when they were disobedient in the camp, these, this book, it gives an example of the plagues, of the things that happened to them because of that disobedience. And now if we apply this whole story to the world we live in today, you know, it is highly possible. You know why? Because the living God, he is everywhere, and he's everywhere at once. And these little pockets of these things that's going on, these things, uh, if we have no trust in Hashem and we don't have any protection because he is a covering to many people in a lot of different ways, those that are not really dependent upon him and those that are dependent upon him and things happen to them. These things either are for reasons or for learning experiences, even though no matter how um, harsh that lesson may be, each thing, it is for a reason. And I believe that each one of us, as we're 
going through this life, we are learning different experiences, all of our experiences. This is a learning. He's teaching us how to um, how to be holy. And I know that that's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of pulling it out there. But the living God, he He wants holiness in all of his creation. And there is going to be a day when he brings everything, every being that ever exists, he's going to bring us into that holiness. And my thought is, hey, right now we're, at practice, we're at practice, and when we see the things around us that are evil, when we see the things, different negative things happening to people and everything, sometimes it's a good idea to look back upon the camp of the children of Israel after they were delivered from Egypt, after he blessed them. They we're still like little kids in a car saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Moses had a lot of issues that people are facing today. He had it in the camp. He had those things in the camp, those issues. And this is one of the reasons you know, the issues of daily life, the issues and controversies between people. I mean, you know what? You look at all of the controversial talk shows, all of those things. I am sure Hashem, he's seeing all of these things before those commandments were handed down on Mount Sinai. He's seen all of those things. Those things were happening. It was like the world that you see now because they didn't have any uh, commandments and you know it was every man for himself everybody go in any direction in every direction they want Hashem as he was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day he handed his creation the way to the tree of life you know and the tree of life in that way is to those commandments and I know people are saying oh no you know we don't follow the commandments, but you should because that that is the way to the tree of life. The creator, he created you. He knows everything about you, and he knows how each and every one of our bodies tick. He knows everything about us. He knows what we need, and he knows what we don't need. And the things that we think we need, we don't need those things. And when you are dependent on him and you, when you are trying to follow the word as best as you can, follow him and follow his ways and learn of his ways when you go to shul, when you go to synagogue, when you go anywhere, and in, in just live an everyday life, when you are praying, when you're washing your hands, when you're saying the prayers, when you're, when you're doing, when you're, when you're just going through, you know, some of the, uh, the scripture, some of the, some of the Torah, when you're going through, uh, it's it, it sometimes, you know, it's a way to learn. It's an experience to learn because what we're learning for in the natural, physical world, we're learning how we're going to be eternally if we are given the chance for redemption and, you know, eternal life, you know, the gula. So, you know, I mean, it for me, and I'm speaking for myself, 
each individual person's life and direction and level is is very very different it's different for everybody i'm speaking for myself that going back looking at some of the inspirational stories of the things and how hashem he handled it when among the children of israel uh during moses's time it was it's very very uh inspirational is very very good even during the times that hashem you could see how when they did not follow what what he wanted them to do when aaron when moses was going up to get the commandments and aaron um the 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 multi-calf moloch how everybody was dancing around and worshiping Moloch because they could not wait. They lost their patience. Moses wanted them to wait while he went up top and got those commandments to Mount Sinai. But they grew impatient, and they thought, oh, well, maybe something happened to Moses. And so they decided to make their own God with a molding calf. And, you know, we could learn a lot by that Moses came down with those commandments and you know the children of Israel to be honest Hashem he was merciful he knew what they were doing while he was giving them the commandments he knew what they were doing but you know he 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 had patience like he do with most of us in the times that we live in and that patience is an example of how we should be towards one another. He had patience. He could have destroyed them. He could have wiped them out, but he chose not to. Just like during Noah's, Noah's time, he wiped the whole world out, and only eight people survived. He could have did the same thing in that camp and chose a different people, but he chose not to. He chose the children of Israel. He chose the Jews, he chose the Hebrews, he chose the Jewish people, he chose us, he chose the people as a whole, and this uh, is a testimony to us. And now I'm looking at a piece of scripture because of when he tells them to do something and they don't do it, this, you know, he calls them a, a rebellious and a stiff-necked people, and, you know, he was very, very frustrated, but yet and still, he still took care of them. He still gave them manna from the sky. He still, um, he, his mercy, it, it went from everlasting to everlasting. He is, Hashem is very, very merciful to us and very, very patient to us because he understands that in our imperfections, we are learning. He understands that we are created. He understands that there is no one that is perfect but him. And now his presence, it goes, his presence went with the children of Israel, but his presence also went with another character of the Bible and of the Torah. His presence went with King David when he had to, no one would go up against Goliath, but 
King David, the teenager who was the least in his family and the youngest and hidden back when uh, Samuel came and tried to look for uh, the look for him, look for the one that was going to be chosen other than Saul. He was looking for the king that Hashem told him that would rule and reign in Israel during that time. And David was the least, but, but Hashem made him the best. And he was able to conquer Saul with a rock. Not Saul, but Goliath with a rock. <laughs> so I'm going to get more into that. And I'm going to stay in Tehillim because this is an interesting book, which is Psalms. And you know what? I will cover this. I'll be back right after this. Bring 
so keep your laughing, keep your chuckle, flash your muscle, brass knuckle, bust your bubble, go pop, take off the muzzle, hate your ruffle, feathers, raking, ruffle, struggle through the rubble, concrete jungle, brisk and brussels, slip and shuffle, stumble into trouble, spirit rumble in the crumble, mumble nothing, you should be more humble, in the continental, call your bluff, your puff and smoke is fundamental, in this ocean, you're a From author Dr. Denise Gotadis comes a self-help guide that will give you valuable information about the world around you in ways never imagined. The Metaphysical God in Relation to His Creation. Available on Amazon. In this must-read book, you will learn about your importance in the world and the metaphysical universe around you. You will be introduced to the Metaphysical God who has a relationship with you and those around you. Whether you are aware of this or not, you come into contact with Him daily. He is omnipresent metaphysically. He is in and out outside of his creation. And what does a metaphysical God have to do with you and the creation around you? You are a very big piece of a huge puzzle. The Metaphysical God in Relation to His Creator from author Dr. Denise Gotadis is available on Amazon. Order your copy right now. Babylon burning in the place can see through the case. Chop down 
subject on the Caribbean radio show, the Black Jewish Queen Life Chat, we are discussing God's presence and what the subject is right now. We went from Moses. I wanted to mention King David. Um, without, without God's presence, Hashem's presence, David, he would not have been able to attain stature, the things, just like uh, Joseph. He wouldn't have been able to obtain the leadership with the children of Israel. And so it carries me because I'm going into helium. And um, all of the times, even though, and there's many people out there who would probably say they don't believe in a living God because they can't see him, but his presence, even though they do see him, because his presence is all around, and the evidence of him is all around. For the simple fact, it is a miracle that anyone would ever have breath in their body, that anyone would have a consciousness, and it's a miracle, you know, People will always say they don't believe in something that they cannot see. But if you step outside of wherever it is you are living, you're going to see the trees blowing. You're going to see the um, the evidence of wind, but you cannot see that wind. But you know that wind exists. Everybody knows that wind exists. But can you physically see the air, the wind with your eyes? 
Can you physically breathe in and out? Can you breathe? Uh, can you physically see the oxygen that you're taking into your body, the nitrogen and um, the carbon dioxide that you exhale? Can you visibly see it? But yet, many people believe it's there. And it's the same argument. You may not be able to see with your physical eyes a living God because he is a spirit. But you know, he is there. He exists. The evidence is around you because you know it is a living God because the things, how did all of the living come to be? Many will say, hey, look, the Big Bang, it happened. It just happened out of nowhere. But you know what? That's impossible for anything to come into being without nothing, isn't it? And the living God, neither none of us, we can even fathom and begin to understand how he is. Because he's eternal. He never had a beginning and he never had an end. He's always existed. He is a self-existent one. And our minds, we cannot fully understand the greatness of the living God. He created all things. He created not only this world, but he created all of the stars that you see at night in the sky. And he created the vast oceans, he created the solar systems, the galaxies, and the planets. He created everything. There are things that we know about and things that we do not know about. But the creator, he knows all things. He knows your very beginning. He knows your end. He knows the number of hairs that is on your head. He knows all your thoughts and People cannot grasp that. It's just like a wind that you can't see but knows everything about you. And that's the creator because he created you. And just as man create things, well, if you create something, you're going to know how that thing works. You're going to know how that thing ticks. And I've mentioned before on previous programs, Hey, you know, when somebody constructs a cake, well, you got to go in the field to get the wheat, to get the cake together, and it has to be ground into flour, and then you have to go, and I'm sure no one physically goes on a physical way to get all of the things that's needed for that cake is shipped, of course, to us, okay? <laughs> that's the day we live in. Things get shipped, but the cane, the sugar cane, the sugar cane has to be uh, process in order to make it into sugar, okay? But, you know, when you are putting the ingredients to that cake together, you know what makes that thing tick. You're going to know what makes that cake rise, and you're going to know what will cause that cake to fall because if you ever cooked a cake before and you have a lot of people running around in your kitchen and then you go in the oven and the cake, it just falls. You know that people should not be in their something because they will destroy that cake. Well, it's the same thing with the creator. It's the same thing with the creator, how he knows you, how he knows the makeup of your body. He created the things, your cells. He created everything about you. And, yes, I'm doting on the creator and I'm bragging on the creator because he exists. The evidence is around you. Because if there was no evidence of a living creator, 
nothing will be living. It'll all be dead. You'd be mute, you know. And even the things there's there's life in the soil. There's you know there's just so many things that is screaming, hey, the living Hashem, the living God, He exists. And yes, answer to the question as far as, hey, is He present in the world around us? Do He care about us in the world around us? I believe me, this is my personal opinion. He is present in the world around us because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. The whole universe, it cannot contain him. And yes, he cares, but he knows he is an intelligent creator and he knows when the right time is going to be, when he will cause some of the evil and all of the things that's going on in the world, it's going to be a time when he causes those things to cease. It's going to be a time that he will, once again, like he came to the children of Israel, it's a time when he is going to be present among the children of Israel. It's a time when they're, they're just like he was present when there was, the children of Israel were, were present with them with Moses. The, he was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. His very spirit will be present, present, very present in the temple in Israel when the time comes. His Mashiach, he will come and sit on King David's throne. And it's a time for that. But everything that is happening, I personally believe, no matter how it happens, it's not an accident that these things are happening. And various little judgments, and I do call them judgments, that they're being meted out, you know? They're being meted out because of the fact, are we tentative? Are we, are we tentative to his words? In the Torah, are we tend to what he tells us to do? Are we thinking about it? Are we actively living it? Are we having a lifestyle of living in obedience to Hashem? And those are the questions, you know, that everybody needs to personally self-examine and ask themselves. because I'm not no judge. You're not no judge of anybody else, you know, we are making it through on a day-by-day basis, hoping that we're serving Hashem in the right way. And you know, we might not even be doing it right. But still, every day is a battle. Every day is a struggle. And we need him to sustain us at all times because he created us. He knows how we tick. He knows what we are and what we are. He knows what we're capable of. And he knows what we were created for and what we are to do. And it's for his purpose, like it or not. He's on the throne. He's in control. And we either like it or we don't. But it doesn't matter. Feelings, as far as um, anyone wanting (laughs) uh, the living God, the living Hashem to be in control or wanting him to rule, 
You have no say. He was before you, and he was after you. He could construct you, and he could also deconstruct you. So, really, he's the one that's important in all things, and he should be a part of all things. But in the world we live in, that's not so. And there will come a time, I mean, I believe that, you know, all evil things, um, it's going to judge itself. It's already judging itself. And, you know, things of evil, it destroys itself. And I'm, I'm just, you know, the best thing to do is for everyone to look within themselves and to pray and to try to follow those, those, those commandments, which you can do. Because, I mean, who's perfect? No one. And, you know, I look in Tehillim, Psalms 23 is the popular, popular, popular um, scripture. My grandmother, she used to always keep this scripture in her house because she always told me we, we are to depend. We are to depend on the living God. We are to live. Depend on the living Hashem. And you know what? And she always told me, you know, this world, you know, you're, you are simply passing through here. Don't get comfortable here because this is not it. This is not your home. You know, all of us, we have, uh, we have, we have a, um, a mission here that we have to fulfill in order to make the world a better place. We can't have anybody else's mission but concentrate on our own, what he has given us to do. Because, see, this is why people, they fall apart, and they murder, and they kill, and they hate each other. Because somebody is looking sideways at somebody else who's trying to possibly fulfill their mission by being their self, they're looking at them sideways and they want to, you know, this is why evil inclinations, this is how all of that is coming about because people are not looking in themselves. What is it that Hashem had for you to do? His presence is with you. He's talking to you. Are you listening to him? His presence is in this modern day world. Your existence is evidence of that. And your your um, intuition, the things that he, your convictions, the things he gives you, he gave you those things for a reason. It's everybody has a gift that he created. The only thing is, is, is what are you doing with that gift? Are you taking that gift and you using it for good? Or are you using that gift for evil to hurt the person that is beside you? Are you trying to help that person, you know, fulfill their vision, that fulfill their gift, you know? And I often say I had, I, I, me personally, on a personal note, my friend, that host of the chat real, Billy Tapper, the, 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 the thing that he had a death experience, he died on the operating table. We did that on uh, previous shows before. And we were talking about that experience he had and what he saw and how Hashem said, oh, no, no, you're not ready yet because 
you are not ready. He's like, no, I don't want to have to go back there and die again. I don't want to go back there. I like it here. I want to see some more of heaven. He was telling me about how he's seen his whole life flash before his eyes. And he, the Hashem told him, no, 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 you're not ready yet. And he sent him back here. He sent him back here to complete what he had for him to do. And this is not just him. People may not have the experience or have the blessing, I would even say blessing, of dying and seeing something and coming back here to say something about it. Many people have not had that experience. But we should know that each life is important. Everybody was here to fulfill a specific mission. We can't look sideways at your brothers or your sisters or your friends or your associates and think that what they're doing is better than what you got to do. You have to look at your own things that Hashem gave you to do because your own individual thing that he gave you to do is going to be just as glorious as a person beside you, whatever he gave them to do. You cannot have somebody else's Mission. You can't have somebody else's job because you have your own. He gave you something to cultivate. The only reason why that person's thing looks better than yours is because, and when really it's not, because he gave you a specific thing to cultivate. Instead, another, you know, this is how jealousies and envies happen. He gave each person a thing to cultivate. And, and to, to make glorious, like the person beside you who you see whose mission has been glorious, you know. He gave us each assignments. And each of us, we have to fulfill those assignments. We have to stop and think where your gift is, that's where your glory is. Because you cannot look beside you and think that what somebody else have is better than you. The old saying, the grass is greener, always greener on the other side. But, you know, you get over there where the grass is, you find out that it was all the same. It was a trick all along. You know what I'm saying? I mean, life is going to be what you are making it. You have the ability to have free will, just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. This is the glory, this is the, the sweet thing about having a living creator and a living uh, God in your life. He gives you free choice. And each one of us, we choose what we, each one of us, we have a gift, okay? Everybody has a gift. You have a gift that Hashem gave you. How are you cultivating it? He's present there to help you. You know within yourself what the gift is. It is not your gift to look at somebody else and think that what they have is better than what you got because he gave you that one thing to work on. And if you concentrate and work on that one thing that he gave you, that mission that he gave you to work on, that thing is going to just blossom and bloom. And it's going to be just as glorious as the person beside you that is cultivating that gift that thing that he had given them, okay? 
because when you are doing what he tells you to do, even if it's just following the commandments, even if it's just doing a good deed for the day, even if your gift is just doing good deeds for people, he is going to help you. He is going to bless that gift, and in turn, while he blessed that particular gift that you think is not so important, and you're doing it, you're doing it obediently, when he blesses that particular gift with his presence, all the blessings that you desire, your heart's desire, the things that you need, that you think you don't need, is going to come to you. See, everybody is a little puzzle piece that fit in the world. And when that puzzle piece, it fits in the world, you fit in that, you, you get in that thing uh, the right way, you're going you're gonna to see the blessings that he is holding back. He wants to bless bless you with that gift to make it go. He wants you to go on blast, okay? So don't look sideways at somebody else's gift and think that it's better because you don't know what they went through to get to that place where they are. You're going to have to go through something. It might not be pleasant, but when you get to your destination, you are going to thank Hashem for everything that he put you through, for everything that he did for you. And before <laughs> I go any further, I want to I want to I want to stop for a few songs. I'll be back after this, okay? Oh 
just smile, sit in the park, just laugh all day. Sometimes I just lose it with the things that you say, waiting by the subway, but we miss the train. We'll take the next one if you can pull me away. Keep me cool down to earth, and no anxiety, stay modest with a humble heart. Black Jewish Queen Live Chat with the Black Jewish Queen herself, your host, Dr. Denise Gotautis. Hey, everyone. Hey there. We're back, <laughs> and we were discussing God's presence, but you know what? I got on a tangent a little bit about individual gifts, which his presence, he is present in your gifts. That's why I got on the tangent about it. We were discussing King David. King David is a great example because he depended so much on Hashem that all of his gifts came out. The Ruach, the Kodesh, is the spirit of Hashem, okay? And David depends, King David depends so heavily upon God's spirit within, working within him, that all of every, his breathing, his waking up hours, his breathing air, everything that he did, he lived, he breathed, he ate, he did everything, Hashem. And when he did these things, many of King David's gifts came out. This is why Hashem had chosen him among all of his brothers, even though he was the one pushed aside. He was the one that 
the brothers just gave him the loud, the, all of the work to do, the work that they didn't want to do. They just gave it to him. You know, it's almost like you're all, you're the black sheep of the family. You know, you're the one that's just, you know, the failure, but you always have to do that. You're always the one who is just left out of everything. You just feel like you're the on the outside looking in and everybody just piled the hard work that they didn't want to do on you. But, this is the same similar path as I was speaking about Joseph. That Joseph, This happened to Joseph, too. All of the things that people didn't want, they shoved it on him. You know, the brothers that put Joseph in slavery, they didn't want to be enslaved. They didn't want to have to go through all these things. They didn't want to have to be lied on by Potiphar's wife. Just the King David, he was out in the field tending to the sheep where the brothers, they did what they wanted to do. They put him, the little brother, they hit him. That's why when um, Samuel came to look for the next king of Israel, when he came to look for him and he didn't see him, he's like, oh, no, it's neither one of these. But see, Hashem was always with David. He was out there in that field with David. And Samuel, he seen, finally seen David, and he anointed David. And they were shocked. Jesse, Jesse, you know, is that they were shocked that it was David that got chosen. But you know what? In all of this, David, he had the hard things. He had to go through these hard things. Those hard things were lessons. Those hard things were things so that he could be blessed later on, that he would know how to get out of hard things because the children of Israel, Israel itself needed somebody who had that experience of being in hard things, that knew how to do that hand-to-hand combat not only in the physical realm, like he struck down Goliath with that stone. They needed somebody who not only could fight in the physical, but that they could pray in the in the spiritual and defeat all of those those demons, those devils, and overcome for Israel's sake. Because, you know, during the time of Moses, he had Aaron. Although Hashem wanted Moses to do it, but he just gave him Aaron to just, you know, give him that confidence because Moses didn't have that confidence at first. But at, but at the same time, Moses, those gifts came out. Those gifts came out. Aaron, yes, Aaron helped him. But at first, Hashem wanted to use Moses alone, just as though, just like he was using King David too, when you think about it, because all of those gifts, it came when they walked in obedience, when they walked in the direction that Hashem had for them. But they had to, you know, you, they had to have that spiritual. They know how to battle spiritually. And see, Hashem was around Moses and Aaron to teach them by the pillar of, cloud, by the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day in that tent. He was there teaching them that warfare, how to overcome things spiritually, okay? And they did. They had to do things that didn't make sense in the natural, but spiritually it was healing to the children of Israel, okay? And so even the manna itself, it was scientifically impossible for food to fall out of the sky. It was a miracle by Hashem. But see, Hashem, he has control over all of the elements. He could do anything that he wants to do. You know, it trips me out how people try to put a shame in a box. 
because he's in no box. He's in all creation. And if he's in all creation, he could be and do anything that he wants to do. <laughs> so that's a wake-up call for some people. He created everything. He know the makeup of it. He could break it apart, too. Even the so-called, what, God particle that they think they got control over, time and space, reality, dimensions. Oh, Hashem already knows. He's outside of these things. He steps inside of the dimensions and he can go outside of dimensions. He is everlasting and everlasting. He has no beginning. He has no end. So how could you figure you beat him? Nobody can beat the living God. They may think that he laughs at them. So anyways, King David, his strength, his power, his glory. Even Moses, his strength, his power, his glory. All of it came for them being obedient to the gifts that Hashem had given them, and they followed it, and they seen that thing through. They didn't look and get jealous of anybody, although King David, he had a time with King Saul after Saul lost the place that he was supposed to have because he was disobedient. And it was given over to King David when Samuel came and anointed that bo- anointed him. The power of Hashem came on King David, and he took that rock and he knocked him clean in his skull. And everybody was scared of Goliath. He was a giant. But King David, out of all that hardness, when those brothers piled those work on him with them sheep that he had to defend out in that field, he learned how to fight physically. And not only did he fight physically in that field with his well-being, he learned how to pray to Hashem like Joseph did in that prison. He learned. He learned during the hard things in his life how to handle those things and how to fight those demons that's coming, you know, those evil things from coming at him spiritually. He learned how to defeat those things spiritually, and he learned how to defeat it physically. He did both. This is why Joseph was fit to be second in charge in Egypt and ruled over Egypt. And this is why King David, he was fit to rule over the children of Israel and be the king over Israel because he was physically fit and he was also spiritually fit for the job. It wasn't. He he was he was doing what David does. David was obedient and David trusted Hashem. And the key to Joseph, the key to King David was the trust to Hashem. They trusted God. They trusted God. When it got bad, they trusted him, and when it was good, they trusted him. Even David in his disobedience and nobody's perfect. He still trusted Hashem, and he understood that it had consequences. Everything has consequences. There's cause and effect to everything. This is the way the living God created everything. He created everything with cause and effect. If you plant a seed, it's going to spring a harvest. And this is the way he is. This is the way the universe is rotating. This is the way the stars rotate, our planet rotate around the sun. It is a specific order. It is a specific order. And you know what? Science does not prove Hashem's existence. Science validates everything that Hashem said exists. Science is only a validation of everything that 
was already there in the Torah that's already written down. The living God doesn't bow to science. Science bowed to the living God. It amazes me. The people, they make that golden calf idol out of science. You can't bow down to Baal and expect Hashem to bless you. It's not happening. We have to follow what he says. The living God, Hashem, he has a protocol, and everybody has to step in order and step out and follow that protocol. No blessings is going to come from a mess. When I was, uh, people would always say this, God don't bless no mess, and he ain't going to. But his presence is all around you, and the blessings is there for you to take it, not to be jealous of your neighbor. You have to do the gifts that you have, everybody, on this planet. He put a gift within you to be to, to, to do something, and it needs to be done. You need to find your part and fit in that puzzle piece and use it for good. Don't use it for evil to hurt people because if you do, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get hurt. You plant a seed to somebody else, it's going to come back and it's going to get you, okay? And that's the rules. That is the way that Hashem, he works. His presence is everywhere. And, you know, it seems like people get away with bad things, but they're not really getting away with anything because the living God, he does stand in everybody's face and watch what you do in private. He knows you inside and out. Just like Jonah, when he went, He was running away, trying to get away from Nineveh. He was running away. He was trying to get away from Nineveh. When Hashem told him, go to Nineveh and warn them people that they are going to be destroyed if they don't do this. Jonah went into a boat and thought he was going to hide in the boat. He thought he was going to get away with that. But no, Jonah didn't get away with that. The storm came. Everybody on that ship knew that something was wrong. Everybody started casting lots to see which one, whose lot, whose stick was the shortest, who got the best. Jonah got it, and he's like, okay, yes, I'm running from Hashem. That wind was whooping. And what happened? They had to throw him overboard, and then all of the storm, it dissipated. The ship wasn't getting torn apart because... Hashem, regardless, he could fight it all he wants to. Hashem created him and put him here for a purpose, and he got to fulfill that purpose. And this is what reminds me of my friend. Hashem's like, no, 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 you're not faith for heaven. You got to go back, and you got to complete what I put you there to complete. All of us, we have to complete what he put us here to complete. We were created for a purpose and a reason, and we are all gifted. Nobody, nobody is, nobody is really cursed unless they open themselves up to the curse and curse themselves. Everybody was put here for a specific purpose. Every life is important. People have gotten away from that. People don't know that. But everybody, you don't know. You could, you know, and, and I, I say this. You know, I know people disagree, but, you know, we don't know with those abortion clinics. We don't know who they didn't let in this world be born, you know. Everybody was put here, and everybody is gifted, and everybody have a purpose in this world. You got a purpose. You are gifted as something. Hashem is giving you a gift from the simplest to the most complex to in-between gifts. 
whatever gift it is, you take that thing and you run that thing to the ground and you do the best you can in that thing and you watch the blessings of Hashem chase you and watch how pleased he is with you and watch your life change completely. Watch what he does. Test me on this one. But don't ever, don't ever look to the left or the right at anybody else's gift. And don't ever think anybody is better than you because everybody, he, he, he's gifted everybody. I don't care if it's a little bitty gift. He's gifted everybody equally. And if he says that you could do that thing, you trust Hashem and do that thing. One thing that I want to say about David, he trusted he trusted Hashem, and I want to read uh, to Helium 23, which is Psalm 23, because it shows David is an example. Sometimes we got to look back in this wonderful book and look at the example that David is setting and do the same thing that King David did. It says, I'm going to read it, and it's old English anyways. However, you know, everybody's familiar with it said in this context, so I'm going to say it in this context. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff that comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's powerful. It's powerful. And I'm going to tell you, it's powerful. See, He's really trusting Hashem in that first part. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. It just shows you the complete and total trust of King David to Hashem. It shows you that King David was aware of the presence of the living God in his life. It shows you how beautiful that relationship between the created and the creator is. And it shows you that in that relationship, he was protected. And it shows you that he was gifted because of the anointing on him. And with that anointing on him, King David's gifts came out, and he was the most favored and the best king, one of the best kings of Israel. I want to thank you for listening to the Caribbean radio show, the Black Jewish Queen live chat, and the discussion about God's presence. Stay encouraged, be encouraged, and know that he is all around you, and he's waiting on you to use that special gift. Blessings to everybody for listening in. Thank you so much.
should burn. 